All right. Praise the Lord. How many guys know that everybody in this room, are you in this room this morning? Everybody in this room will leave a legacy. Someone say legacy. Today we celebrate dads and give honor to them for their roles in our lives and for the impact that they have had on us during our lifetime. How many guys know that every father will leave a legacy when he passes from this earth? He will not only leave behind his words, his attitudes, and actions. He will leave behind everything that he was. Amen? At some point in time, that there will be a, a, a funeral for our life, and people are going to say things about us. And that is going to be what kind of legacy we left behind. Amen? How many of you guys know every single one of you will leave a legacy behind? Every man and every woman will leave a legacy behind to those around us. The question this morning is what kind of legacy are you going to leave behind? Because you're either going to leave a good one or you're going to leave a bad one. Can you say amen? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come with it this morning, okay? And I hope to sober us up a little bit and help us to understand that God has a plan and He has a purpose for your life. I know today's Father's Day, but you know what? The, the women in here too, guess what? A lot of you are, are being father too. Amen? And, and I think you guys all have a, a place that God wants you and that God has you. And so I hope that this message will speak to your life and help you and provoke you to grow in God. Can you say amen? I want you to turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. See, as Christians that we've been called to leave, to live a God-honoring life and to leave a legacy that honors God. See, what that means is that the weight of responsibility lies on us to make sure that when we die, we leave behind us a legacy that's all about Jesus Christ. How many guys, when you die, you want it to be all about Jesus? Amen. I'm going to ask that again. When you die, how many guys want it to be all about Jesus? Amen. I don't want it to be all about me and what I did and this and that. I want it to be about Jesus. I want when I die, my legacy to be that, you know what? My life was, my name was so connected with, with my walk with, with Jesus that you can't really even disconnect the two. That you couldn't bring up my name without bringing up Jesus and, and the things of God, right? That's the kind of life that I want to leave behind. And here today, every one of you have major, major influence in people's lives. One way or the other, whether it's your children, whether it's your spouse, your family members, every single one of you has influence and every single one of you will have an impact on someone's life. You don't have to be old. You can be a youth. You can be single. You can be a dad. You can be a mom. You can just be whatever. Everybody impacts somebody. Can you say amen? And so I want you guys to know that we really need to pay attention to the way that we live our life. When we die and people talk about us, I want us to be connected to that name of Jesus. See, how many guys know that God is a generational God? Everyone say generational. He's a generational God. Check this out. When God looks at us, He doesn't only see us. He sees all the generations that have come before us and all the generations that will come from us. He sees the impact that our lives are going to have on people all around us. Amen. How many of you guys can say that because of your, your parents... And your family and the influence that they've had on your life, it's affected the way that you live today. 
It's affected the choices you've made. It's affected your emotional life, the way you process life, the way you interpret the issues of life, the way you were raised and what was modeled before you are the very things that will cause you to act certain ways. Can you say amen? See, and that's the thing is, even though we've been impacted by those who've gone before us, how many guys know that we don't have to carry on the same mistakes? Things can change. Turn your neighbor and say, things can change. Things can change. So today I want to talk to you about legacy. How many of you know that if we want to leave a positive impact with our lives and leave a God-honoring legacy for our children and for our children's children, we are going to have to be intentional, everyone say intentional, about the decisions we make and the kind of lives that we live. Today the title of my sermon is called Breaking the Cycle. How many guys have a vicious cycle that you can see patterns of sin, patterns of, of, of dysfunction, patterns of just issues that go from one generation to the next generation, right? Your issues may not have been drugs or alcohol or, or violence, but guess what? There could be deep-seated fears, deep areas of depression, deep areas of anxiety, issues where just, they take over your life and you learn, I got that from my mama, I got that from my daddy, I got that from my uncle, right? I got that from those who I was around, raised with my cousins. I learned this, I learned that, right? No matter what, the environment in which you were raised has an impact on your life. And some of us have been walking around with the ball and chain of the effects of other people's choices on our lives. And it's caused us to live a life of slavery because we don't know how to get free from the cycle, the destructive cycle that has been planted in our lives from the generations that have come before us. Can you say amen? Are you guys with me this morning? I want to talk to you about breaking the cycle and the generational curse that so many of us live with. See, so many of us are living with pain, discouragement, agony of heart, relational strife, all these issues of the heart and not knowing how to handle life because of the way we were treated and what we saw growing up. Amen? And today, I want you guys to be the ones who break the chain of the enemy and break the chain of sin and begin to be that difference maker for the future generations. There's no reason why your kids should have to go through the same things that you went through. Can you say amen? amen? I don't want my son to ever know what it feels like to touch a glass pipe. I never want my son to know what it feels like to put a needle in his arms. I never want my son to realize what divorce feels like. I never want my son to taste the anguish and the bitter taste of, of chaos in life. I know I can't protect my kids from every single thing. But what I can do, I'm going to do. And you say amen. And part of it is by learning how to serve God and break those cycles. Because if we don't break those cycles, those cycles will continue to break us. Amen? Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 6. How many of you guys are familiar with the story of Moses leading the people out of, out of slavery? Amen? We're in the New Testament now, but we can learn some things right here about uh, the process of deliverance and how God uh, uh, breaks the chains of slavery in our life and it allows us uh, to enter into a life of freedom. Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 6. 
It says, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself a carved image or any likeness or anything that is heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water underneath the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord God, am a jealous God. Everyone say jealous God. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the fourth, through the third and fourth generation of those who hate me but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. How many of you guys know it's through disobedience that we create distance from God? And as our lives are conditioned to be disobedient to God, we pass on that conditioning to our loved ones. Amen? And that right now is the time and the season where we say, I refuse to let that have that kind of power in my life. And I'm going to go forward and I'm going to break some chains. I'm going to break through some walls. I'm going to break through some problems. And I'm going to fight for what's mine. I'm going to fight for my children. I'm going to fight for my marriage. I'm going to fight to redeem what God, what, what, what the enemy has tried to steal in my life. What he's tried to destroy. Because the enemy comes what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. Always remember, don't just believe in God alone. Know that there is a very real devil who seeks to enslave you and to check you and to keep you in the place of imprisonment. Can you say amen? amen? Three things I want us to see from this passage. Number one, we must understand that sin doesn't affect us alone. Number two, we need God to set us free from the power of sin because we cannot break that power alone. And number three, God promises to bless those that will put him first all the way into the future generations. See, when God looks at you, he doesn't just see you. How many of you guys know that God doesn't see the way that we see, right? I see right here, I see you, I can think about you, I can think about you, but I'm limited in my perspective. But when God looks at us, he sees all of our history. He sees the lineage all the way back in time to what created us to be the person we are today. And he also sees all the possibilities of what can happen tomorrow, depending on whether we live a life of obedience or disobedience to God. Amen. And how many of you guys want a lineage to come behind you that is fruitful and healthy and, and have a spiritual life? Amen. And you have the power of God in your life. Amen. I won't keep you too long this morning. I'll only yell at you for a little bit. Amen. I'm not Mr. Rogers. Hallelujah. I try to put on a sweater vest, but I look funny. Amen. So number one, we must understand that sin doesn't affect us alone. How many of you guys have ever been to that place where you said, man, it's my choice. I do what I want. I ain't hurting no one. I'm hurting me. How many guys know that's not a true statement? Because if anybody loves you, when you hurt you, you hurt them, right? There is no way around it. You cannot segregate yourself from affecting other people's emotions, lives, attitudes. You cannot help but affect other people because people care about you, right? I don't care if you don't feel like it. I'm telling you, someone cares about you. Someone loves you. There's someone who's depending on you, amen? And so first and foremost, you need to understand that when we sin, amen, we need to understand that we don't sin alone, that we affect those around us, amen, and that there is a, a, a domino effect of the choices that we make, 
that when we begin to do this or we begin to do that, there is a domino effect. And whether we can see, you guys ever seen the movie The Butterfly Effect, right? Just the, the, the flaps of the butterfly caught, caught wind with this, caught wind, ended up being a tornado on the other side of the world, right? That's the way it kind of works relationally. See, one thing we need to understand is that sin destroys families and futures. It has a deadly impact on all that it touches. Let me ask you guys a question. Where did sin start? Did it start with your mom and dad? It started with Adam, right? Guess what? We all got the, got the, same, the same blood way, 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 way back in time. I know it's kind of gross you think about it, amen? But way back in time, we were all connected to Adam, right? Adam and Eve. Guess who blew it? Who blew it? Right? Adam and Eve, our first parents, right? So there was a lineage that goes all the way back in time. You may be mad at certain things that happen in your life. You may be upset about the way your mama treated you, about the way your daddy treated you. You may be upset about that, but let me tell you something. They had a mama and a daddy that treated them a certain way. And they had a mama and a daddy that treated them a certain way. And they had a mama and a daddy that treated them a certain way. Amen? There is a, a link that goes all the way back. And all this dysfunction and all these problems and all these issues in life are all connected to the place where one man said, I will not do what God tells me to do. I will do what I want to do. Disobedience spawned this life of chaos. You guys ain't mad at me, are you? All right. You guys will be all right. You'll eat barbecue here shortly. Amen. Look. If we don't deal with the hard things, guys, if I just pat you on your back and just tell you real simple things, you're not going to grow spiritually. It's when you can take the hard things and they get deep down inside of you and you begin to think about them and you actually begin to, to think about sin and think about the things that God says is right and think about the things that God says is wrong and you begin to say, I'm not going to do that anymore, right? That's when change really begins to take place in your life. Can I tell you something? Feeling sorry for yourself will not help you. I've tried it. I mean, I've had some good old parties all by myself, right? Man, it's just me and pity, just kicking it, right? Just kicking it, right? We were drinking, smoking, having a good time, right? But how many guys know we don't like to join other people's pity parties, amen? Right? We only like, we only like our own. We'll invite other people to ours, Amen? But I'm, I'm here to tell you, I want to see you guys experience freedom. And pity is not the way to freedom. I understand real pain. I understand issues. I don't want to be insensitive to real things in your life. But I'm here to tell you today that you are responsible for your feelings today. And the way you respond to your feelings is going to have an impact on the future of your life. Amen? If you choose to allow yourself to get beat up, defeated, and, and, and just have a messed up life, it's because you choose to. It's because you make a decision to, right? You're not allowing yourself to, to pick up your hands and fight against the things that are trying to destroy you and not only destroy you, but destroy your kids and the future generations that are to come. How many guys know we're trying to create a godly legacy? Amen. And it's going to take a fight. Everyone say fight. fight. It's going to take a fight. And it's a fight against sin. Okay? Look, there are issues where we do need counseling, where we do need comfort. I understand all that. I really do. I'm like, I'm like a big old teddy bear. I talk to you one-on-one, -on -one, you'll, you'll know that, you know what, I, I care about people. I, 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 I uh, empathize with them. You know, I have a lot of pain in my own life. But at the end of the day, 
We got to get past the pain and get to the real issues of sin and redemption and God and the, the ability to overcome sin and to become victorious in our life. Amen? See, what is sin? Someone say, what is sin? Sin is lawlessness. What do I mean by lawlessness? 1 John 3, 4 says, Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. Check this out. Sin is rebellion against God's laws and against God's ways, and at its heart it is rebellion against God's authority. And when we disregard God's, God's word, we are disregarding God's laws. And how many guys know when we disregard the law, what happens? What happens when we disregard the law? Put you up in jail, right? You're gonna, you get yourself a nice little new suit. They're going to hook you up. Amen. Right? Give you a couple, a couple cheesy meals. Amen. And they're going to help you out. Amen. Give you a little vacation time. Right? Because look, and it don't even matter how you feel about it. Have you guys ever been driving past the speed limit, right? You get pulled over and the cop says, hey, you were speeding. Oh, well, I didn't see it or I didn't know. Guess what? Ignorance doesn't let you off the hook. A violation is a violation, right? Right? Have you guys ever dealt, you got violated or dealt with something like that where you got hit and it's like, man, it was something simple, man. Something they could have just, you know, let go. But no, a violation is a violation, right? And there are violations that we do in life that carry over and impact other people. See, sin is rebellion against God. And somewhere a long time ago, someone sinned and committed rebellion. And what happened was they cultivated a DNA of rebellion throughout the generations. Are you guys with me? Am I I making sense? Okay. All right. I'm going to get to good news soon. Amen? All right. It always starts bad. It's like when you go to the doctor, you know, tell me the bad news. You're not going there to get told that that you look pretty, right? Huh? Now you better tell the doctor to knock it off, amen? <laughs> right? Amen. See, there are consequences. Everyone say consequences. When you violate the law. And see, what is the law, church? Think about it. What is the law? Huh? Okay, to obey God. But in and of itself, what is a law or what is a rule? Huh? Very good. Really, that's at the heart of it. It's what it is. It's, it's love. Because how many guys know love makes rules? How many guys, when you have your own pad, you got rules? Huh? All of a sudden, the rules make sense when it's your pad, huh? Huh? You want people like, don't put the empty carton back in the refrigerator, right? You guys got little rules like that, right? Guess what? How many guys have like a, like a, like a duh, an unspoken rule? Um, um, honey, you're not allowed to go be with that girl, Right? Right? You're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed. Guess what? Those are rules that are rooted in what? In a loving relationship. Right? The law is very important. You have to understand that the dysfunction and the issues that are in our life boil down first and foremost to a violation of God's law. And the way that He wants to express Him love is by giving us healthy, appropriate, spiritual God initiated boundaries in our life to make sure we don't not only hurt ourselves, but hurt other people. How many guys know there's a reason why there's lanes in the road? Right? You stay in your lane, right? Because if you go out of your lane, what happens? Right? You're about to get in a wreck. The same, the same rules and laws exist in the spiritual realm, in the emotional realm, in the relational realm. Guess what? When there's a violation, people get in wrecks. 
people get hurt, right? And so there are consequences. And so a lot of us, what we're dealing with in life are consequences compiled with consequences, piled on consequences, piled on consequences, right? And a lot of them were never resolved, and they carried over from generation to generation to generation. You guys with me? Am I going too deep? Okay, because I'll, I'll, I'll talk about Dr. Seuss. Hallelujah. How deep can the rabbit trail go? Come on now. See, there are consequences that we must face. Think of some of the consequences that you have to deal with because of your choices. Stop right now and think about it. You may not have ever been caught. But how many guys know that there are consequences for all of your choices? Right? How many guys have felt the pain of consequences? Right? How many guys know pain is that little gift from God? It's to teach you it hurts. Don't do that. Right? That's why they're there, to teach you not to do that. How many guys have experienced the consequences of other people's sin? Huh? You guys ever been, you know, been, been the, the, you felt the edge, you felt that cutting edge of someone else's choices? Right? Whether it be your parents, whether it be someone you cared about, you felt the edge of a choice that someone else made. And guess what? To this day, to this day, to this day, the relationship may be good, it may be better, but there are scars, amen, that come from being cut by the choices, the consequences of other people, right? Now, how many other people are suffering because of our choices? It's one thing for us to suffer from our consequences. It's one thing to suffer from other people's choices and their consequences in our life. But what about those who are around us that are suffering because of my choices and my consequences? Those are things we have to think about. Because, like I said before, guess what? Hurt people hurt people, right? And I don't care how you cut it up, how you slice it and dice it. If you're hurt, you're hurt. And guess what? When you're hurt, guess what? You're either mad, right? Or, and you're trying to get some revenge. Or you just live hurt and quiet. And it's you and your pain. Amen? And God doesn't want you to keep that for yourself. He don't want you to keep that in your heart. He doesn't want you to live with that disease. Amen? He wants you to be able to grow from it and to be able to teach the next generation. And so when your day comes that you breathe your last breath, that they're able to say that, you know what? This person was a chain breaker. They overcame some obstacles. They weren't perfect, but they loved Jesus Christ. They followed Jesus Christ. They did what they had to do. Amen? Amen. Because that's what we need to do, and that's the kind of legacy that we need to leave. See, it is all about Jesus. It's not just about living a moral life. Because guess what? Morality disconnected from Jesus and the cross is nothing. It's just cultural. Amen? It's just cultural. Our culture says it's good. Our other culture says that's not too bad. It's okay. Look, the ultimate standard for what is a violation and what brings hurt and pain to families at its deepest core is what God says is good and what God says is wrong. Can you say amen? See, notice, by its very nature, sin is contagious and spreads like a disease. Notice how the scripture teaches us that sin carries over onto the third and the fourth generation. See, I guarantee you, you're dealing with things today that were things that your grandpa had to deal with. Things that your grandma had to deal with. You may not think that deeply about it, and it's like, man, if I can't see you out of, out of sight, out of mind, I don't feel you, I don't know. 
But guess what? They are very present in your life. Things they did when they were a teenager or when they were in their 20s, right? They made decisions at that time that carried over. And today, you don't even know why you are the way you are. And I'm telling you, the way you are is because of choices that were made by someone else. Heavy stuff, huh? One thing you need to know about yourself is that you are a sufferer. Any sufferers in the house? Suffered some things? And you are a sinner. You are a sufferer and you are a sinner. And with that said, I want you guys to listen to this. Remember that everything that has happened to you in your life is not your fault. I'm going to say that again. Everything that has happened to you in your life is not your fault. But it is your responsibility on how you're going to deal with it. If you let that get inside of you, that can change you. If you have the courage to face those cold, hard facts. Because look, a doctor who won't tell you what's really wrong and won't tell you about the pain and the treatment you're going to have to go through to get better, guess what? That's not a good doctor. He's lying to you. He's saying peace, peace when there is no peace. Right? And the thing is, you need somebody. We all need somebody to help us. Because let, let me tell you something. Before I went to church, I didn't spend time in Bible. I didn't understand all that. And there are things you have to learn that come from the Bible. Right? And just a little Sunday, a little Sunday here and there is not going to teach you about these things. Amen? And look, the reason I felt like God wanted me to preach this message this morning was because I already know that Father's Day is hard for people. Why? Either one, because they're gone, or two, because of pain that's connected with Dad. Right? Look, this was a hard... I was wrestling with God, myself, personally. I'm going to be a little transparent with you. Right now, my father is struggling with, with a... a, a of problems in his health and he is deteriorating before my eyes. He's the seasons and times where he reverts back to childlike behavior. I remember when he watched his dad go through that. That hurts me. Makes me the selfish part part of me wants to run away from the pain, right? I just, it's not that I want to be mean or anything, I just don't want to have to feel it. But how many guys know, it's like, I like you, Stephen Celeste. They tell me, you know, guess what? Just come a pastor don't mean that I, I don't listen and I don't learn. They say, you need to go see your dad. I say, yes, I do. I want to go see my dad. Amen? And I like that because we need to do things like that. Right? Sometimes we got to do the hard thing. Amen? Right. Next thing, I have a son who I have him part-time. Okay, he's a very angry boy, okay? And uh, sometimes I feel like a very imperfect dad, okay? And I wrestle. I'm a pastor, I'm a Christian, you know, I should have a perfect kid. I know that's not the truth, but I'm getting that's the way you feel sometimes, right? That's the way you feel. Like, it should be better than this. It shouldn't be that way, right? That's another issue. These are things that you think about. These are things that you wonder about. My mom, she, she writes me yesterday. She, 
sends me a picture of my grandpa. She goes, I miss his laugh. If I could only have a little bit more time. I don't have much to say to my mom when it comes to it because I, I know my mom. And she doesn't want me to say anything. She just wants me just to listen. Right? And so there's a lot of feelings that come up. And the reason I feel like I wanted to go ahead and just hit this message hard is because, look, just because everyone says be nice on Father's Day, guess what? Real life's still waiting. Your real hearts and your real issues are still there. The real feelings are still there. And I want to help you overcome those things so you're not stuck being defeated by your past. Amen. And that you can break the cycle. Amen. And you can be empowered. Someone say empowered. I want to empower you to break the cycle of pain, of abuse, and all rooted in sin and suffering. I want to help you be able to get healing and to be able to break the chains of all this wickedness that has followed us through the generations. Let you guys know that God is your healer this morning. Amen? Is what I'm saying making sense? Am I, I hope I'm not crossing any boundaries. I know I get close and then I back up real quick, right? <laughs> Right? Because I know better. Amen. You get me. But I want you to know that in and of ourselves, we do not have the power to break this cycle. Did you guys know that? In and of ourselves, we do not have the power to break the cycle of sin. How many of you guys know that we need help? Everyone say, I need help. See, now that's a revelation for somebody. For some people... You don't know the difference between God's power and religion, right? You come to church on a Sunday morning because you think that's what you're supposed to do. You want it to be implemented into your family and just stuff like that. But until you experience the power of God in your life and you open up your heart and you say, God, have your way in my life, that's when the power comes for you to change. Because we do not in and of ourselves have the ability to change ourselves. We may be able to change our behavior, but we cannot change our hearts. I can't help it that I get mad about the things I get mad at. I can't help it that I get sad about the things I get sad about. I can't help the initial feelings of my heart. But once God gets a hold of my heart, He softens it and injects His truth into my heart. It changes the way I see things. Right? And when I learn to see things differently, I learn to relate to them differently. And when I learn to relate to them differently, guess what? My emotions begin to change. And then I begin not to be underneath my circumstances. I rise above them and I learn what victory tastes like. Amen? And God wants you to taste victory. Amen? He wants you to get healing. He don't want you to be stuck in the spiritual hospital. Amen? He doesn't want you to be stuck in that place, paralyzed by your pain, paralyzed by your past. Paralyzed by your fears. He wants you to have victory. And that only comes through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. A lot of people will talk to you about generational curses and stuff like that. And they want to, you know, they'll cross you and throw oil at you and throw towels on your head. And trip you in the name of Jesus and all that stuff. And guess what? I'm all cool for praying for people. I'm, I believe in miracles. I believe in the power of God in that way. But the power, first and foremost, comes from the gospel of Jesus Christ. From the truth that God saves sinners and that God is uh, the supreme doctor who brings healing to our lives. Amen? 
So number two, we need to get set free from the slavery of sin. If you guys remember back in Exodus, he says, look, check this out. He says, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. See, did you know that the Bible calls us slaves before we're Christians? You guys may not know, I'll surprise you, but you're still a slave. Because you're either a slave to the devil or you're a slave to, to Jesus Christ. Right? Either way, you're going to mind somebody. Amen? Right? Right? I want to say, I'm going to mind somebody. And then he, some of you guys saw that little rebel part. I ain't minding nobody. <laughs> Sometimes I just want to do that little, you know, remember the bewitch? She does her little nose. <laughs> Romans chapter 6, verse 20 through 22, it says, when, when you were slaves of sin, when? That has to do with time. That means at one point in time you were a slave of sin. What does it mean to be a slave? Someone tell me, what does it mean to be a slave? Guess what? You don't have no rights. Guess what? It means your will is submitted to the will of another. Right? It means you no longer act on your own accord. You have to go through uh, uh, the will and volition of another individual, right? It means someone else owns you. Amen? Amen. See, guess what? There is no such thing as neutrality in, in the kingdom of God. There's no such thing as neutrality in life. You are either a slave of sin or you are a slave of Jesus Christ. Heavy words, I know. Just Bible, y'all. Right? Just Bible. Check it out. Side note. I want to encourage you guys. Read your Bibles so you know I'm not lying to you. Amen? Because you guys will never know. Believe there's some, there's some fame danglers out there. They're good. Right? And they will trick you and lie to you and use the Bible. Take ownership of your faith. So you know I'm not lying to you. The Apostle Paul called the Bereans noble character. Okay, that's a side note. Okay, next. So what do you got to do? Read your Bible. Amen. Check it out for yourself. So the Bible says that we were slaves of sin. How many guys know that when you're a slave, you're a slave for a reason? Either you don't have the power, right? That means they got, they somehow, like, guess what? The criminals, right, when a criminal gets busted, it's not because they want to go to the prison. It's okay, let me just go, right? Guess what? They have the power to confine you, right? They will draw guns on you, right? They will tase you. They will cuff you. You know, some of them have fun, hog tie you, all that good stuff, right? And then throw you in there. Bam. Guess what? It's not because you want to be in there or you allowed them. It's because they overpowered you. Right? So when you're a slave of sin, it's because sin overpowers you and you don't have the power to overpower it apart from Jesus. Okay? What do I mean when I say a slave of sin? It means that it is the dominant governor of your heart and your life. That you don't have a choice in the matter. I'm not saying being moral. You can, you can be moral. Okay? There's a lot of people who are moral. Okay? But sin takes place at the deepest part of your heart as far as motives and intents. Why do you do what you do? Is it truly for God and to glorify God and for His sake and His name? Or is it because of fear of man? Oh, I don't want them to think of me this way, so I'm going to... Right? Or I don't want this to happen, so I'm going to... Right? 
And all these, these sideway things, all these horizontal reasons for why we do what we do are not good enough before God. Your reasons have to be vertical. Your reasons have to be before God. Here's why I do what I do, right? Here's why I'm going to make that right choice because I want to honor God, right? See, but apart from God, we can't honor God. Does that make sense? You guys with me? All right. So you guys are enslaved right now. I'm going to be letting you go soon. Amen. <laughs> Check it out. We need God to help us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 gives us, gives us some interesting truth. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You guys know God's salvation is a gift to us. When he said that I delivered you from the house of slavery, guess what? These Israelites were enslaved to Pharaoh. They were enslaved in Egypt. For us, that's the world, right? The way the world does things, the way the world thinks, the values of the world, the way the world operates, right? Guess what? When we operate in the world's ways and not God's ways, that's who we're the slave of. Does that make sense? How many of you guys want to break the cycle? You guys want to break the cycle? You can break the cycle. Check this out, Romans 5, verses 6 through 8 says, For while we were still weak, you ever been weak before? Unable to do the right things? Unable to do what God wants you to do, what you know God wants you to do? Right? He says, For while we were still weak, and at the right time Christ died for the ungodly, for one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, the Bible says that while we were at our worst, God was at his best. While we were at our worst, God was at his best. And the reason that this matters is because you need to know that first and foremost, if you're going to break the cycle of all this stuff in your life, you've got to get your heart right. And the only one who can do it is Jesus Christ. You've got to go through the cross of Christ. You have to repent from your sin and allow the Spirit of God to come inside your life through a surrendered will. Amen? A surrendered will. And when you know that God loves you not because of how good you are, but because of how good He is, that's what changes the motives and the thought life. Because when you think that you have to do everything right to get God to like you, guess what? Kind of makes it a drudgery to serve Him. Kind of sucks. It's called dead religion. That's why you have no pleasure in Jesus. Right? Right? That's when you have a heart change, you have pleasure in Jesus. And you want to be free. You want to lift your hands and you understand what it feels to have that fat, hot tear drop from your eye because God is touching your heart. Amen. That's when you know that the power of God is in your life and you're living a life that wants to obey right. You want to do right. God changes the desires of your heart. Guess what? You can change your behavior and to model good behavior before your family, but they will learn eventually over time why you do what you do. They will learn whether you're about God or you're about you. You're about God or you're about your self-image. Right? Am I speaking to anybody? And so you, it may not be about drugs or alcohol and, you know, you, it's not your concern. Those are things, you know, other people think about. But look, all these things matter. Sin is sin. Sin is sin. 
Finally, number three, God promises to bless those who put them first. So if you want to break the cycle, you first of all, you need to understand that sin not only affects you, you need to understand that you need help. Amen? Say, I need help. I need help. And it's a, it's a major help. It ain't just a little bit of help. Like, bro, can you hold this for me? No. No, it's like major help. Like, I can't do it. I'm drowning. And if you do not help me, I'm dead. Right? I'm dead meat. Right? So we need to understand that sin affects more than us. That in order to break that cycle of sin and all that destruction in our life, we have to get help that goes beyond us. That's God. And then next, in order to break that cycle, we have to commit to putting God number one. Number one. Check it out. In Exodus, he says this. He, shall, he says, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself. No, I'll just stop right there. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, that's the beginning of the Ten Commandments. You guys heard the Ten Commandments before? Right? Guess what? You break that first commandment, you broke all the rest already. Right? You break the first one, you just already broke. So the issue is that we put other things before God. And God says, if you want to break the cycle of all the sin and the pain and the destruction, not that pain will ever be completely gone in your life because you're only saved from, from, from the power of sin in this life, but the very presence of sin you're still going to have to deal with till we go to heaven. Amen? Amen. Am I? I'll start it. We must not put anything above God. You want to break the cycle, it starts with you. Everyone say, it starts with me. Man of God, guess what? You're a man in your household. More than likely, your family will follow whatever choices you make. Amen? Guess what? I have the power to destroy my home. If I choose to be foolish, if I choose to be dumb, if I choose to be stubborn, if I choose to be prideful, if I choose to be manipulative, if I choose not to be honest and transparent before God, and keep my heart soft and tender before God, guess what? It will harden. And I will begin to go back to some of my old slave ways. Amen? And I can destroy my house. Ladies, if you choose to be rebellious, you choose to, to do your thing, right? You choose to remain bitter, or you choose to keep those issues alive in your heart, and not take them to God, right? And He commands you to love your husband too, right? Or, or even if you're by yourself, he's, you're the head of your house if you're by yourself, right? You have the ability to destroy or to build. Amen? And the main thing is you've got to put God number one. He is number one. Number one, number one, number one. Not kind of number one, number one. Because the Bible says he's a jealous God. Amen? That means that he don't want your leftovers. How many guys want someone's leftovers no right I want a fresh cooked meal come on now <laughs> leftovers are good sometimes but God don't want leftovers he wants number one Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 I'm getting ready to close it says but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you right there it's talking about in the context talking about worry and stuff like that Jesus is talking about not to worry and stuff like that but here's the thing at the end of it all all the way going back to this, ver this passage in the Old Testament, he says, put me number one. If you want to break the cycle in your life, it's very simple. Put God first. Because a lifestyle of obedience is what's going to begin to shed away the rebellion. Amen? Amen.
we can go ahead and begin to play some music. See, when we place God and His kingdom as our priority, everything else will fall into place. We break the cycle of disobedience through a life of obedience. See, the Bible says that God will show His steadfast love to thousands who love Him and keep His commandments. You guys know that keeping His commandment goes beyond taking your family to church. Right? That means that you practice things for God reasons at home. Right? right? Not because pastors come up, pastors here act right. Right? That's, they did that yesterday. Like, oh, pastor's here. Said, Bro, God's here the whole time before I got here. You know what I mean? <laughs> so don't, don't trip on me. I'm just a man like you. You know what I mean? You can get away with a lot. But God sees. Here's the deal. How many of you guys want to break the cycle in your life you know you're paying you're paying the price some of you guys are still paying the price for the choices that were made whether by the generation of your parents those before you you're paying the prices of your own choices and the consequences and for some of you you know what you're better but your heart's broken because you're watching those who are still living with the pain that you love and you hurt them. Because in that moment of insanity where you thought something else was better than God, you made a decision and it, it hurts people to this day. You can break that cycle now. You can break that cycle right now. And it has to do with a very simple word. Surrender. Surrender to the fact that you need to repent for sin. That means you can't cherish sin. You can't be cool with sin. You can't entertain sin. You can't love sin. Okay? You have to surrender to the fact that God is a healer. That he can heal you this morning. And maybe you haven't let him get close. I mean, you got to show up to the doctor for him to do something. you got to allow yourself to... Get on that examination table and allow God to check you out and to begin to cut where he needs to cut and do some work where he needs to do some work. You know what? There may be things inside your life that, you know what, no one else even knows about. It's just things that you know about. You know what? The guilt drives you crazy. The shame drives you crazy. And you don't want, you don't want to talk about but it's, it's in there. But that very thing has that power over you because you're not letting God remove it from your life. Lastly, we need to surrender to God on a day-to-day basis. It's not just a one-time event. There's nothing magic about coming up here and getting prayed for. Magic can happen. You know, God can work. God can touch you. And I encourage you to let Him touch you and to let Him do a work in you. But at the end of the day, it's a lifestyle of discipleship, of daily obedience, of putting God first. Priority number one. Don't play with God. Serve Him to the fullest. So if that's you and you feel like God is speaking to you right now, and you say, you know what? I don't want another Father's Day to go by where I feel this way. I don't want to have to spend another day dealing with this stuff the same exact way. Something needs to change in my life. 
I want to break the cycle. I want to break the power. I want God to show off in my life. I want healing in my life, and I want to move forward. If that's you this morning, I want everyone to just go ahead and stand up to their feet.